0: This is Coda Radio, episode three hundred and fifteen, recorded june twenty fifth, two thousand and eighteen. Hey y'all, we be fixing to do the Coder Radio program, a weekly talk show taking a pragmatic look, ooh, and sometimes a look at the art and business of software development and its related technologies. This episode is brought to you by them fine folks over at DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. Oh me, thank you for asking. my name is Chris, and joining us every gosh darn week is our host down there in Florida, why, it's Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike!
1: Escuchame. <laughs> Someone's putting my picture on the you know, I just saw Coco, the movie, and I swear to God, I'm gonna haunt you.
0: I feel like it would almost be worth learning Russian just to troll me in one intro. You know, like you come in just throwing a whole bunch of Putin at me.
1: Challenge accepted. That was Spanish. <laughs> but challenge accepted. No, I know. I know, but it made me
0: think. Imagine if he was speaking Putin. That would be more much and more First impressive. of
1: all, my good friend Ed is rather fluent in Russian these yeah. days.
0: I would imagine so. He's getting pretty comfortable, I would hope. Well, Mr. Dominic, uh, we are committing a little bit of a podcast violation, a little bit of a podcast party foul, if you will. We are recording two episodes back to back, which you should never do. And this is the second one, so it's guaranteed to be twice as good. As everybody knows, that's the law of thermo podcast dynamics, or or drunk, depending if if one of us has been drinking or both. Maybe we'll find out.
1: I think one a lot faster than the other. But.
0: <laughs> I wonder who that could be.
1: <laughs> but but it's a Florida beer. It's High Alley by Cigar City Brewing. They're not a sponsor, but God
0: damn it, they should be. You know, we should take a moment here in the show and say hello uh, to uh, editor Ham Radio. Mr. Ham Radio has uh, begun editing the fine Coda Radio program out of his bunker. And uh, he's been doing a fantastic job. I didn't say anything for the first couple of weeks just in case he really screwed it up. Uh, but he'd he
1: fire his ass just like... You know, yeah,
0: it, okay. yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what? As Mike says... Get out of here. You gotta... Get out of here. I feel like here. I could make a mix out of that. Like, we could do like a... Get,
1: get the hell out of here. Get, get out of here. Get the hell out of here. Get out of here. Do you, do you still have the best one? Oops, not really? that one. Not that one. Yeah, no, not that one. <laughs> That's the confusing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No. Uh, which one's your favorite? I mean, because I have several. Is it we a, used to have a really... Oh, I don't have that. You lost the really. Oh, yeah. I still have inappropriate. I business is my favorite. Let me see. Let me, let me see which one's business. business? Yeah, oh. yeah.
1: That's just a good but one. The, right? I think the really was something like this. Really?
0: <laughs> All right. It was a very cartoony, like yeah. Somebody clip that for me. I also, I, I did make a dedicated RMS soundboard, although I haven't been using it's it much. Spyware. I mean, please don't. Yeah, I know. I just, it's just in case. Just what in, happens just to in case. you is not sufficiently important to justify
1: the wrong you're doing. Yeah. I don't give a shit. All that matters is what happens to me.
0: You could also hear Lunduke's <laughs> mocking uh, uh, sniff there. Listen very carefully. What happens to you? You hear that right there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's poor crazy. Lunduk trying to sell his real basic software. This guy's just slagging him off on his <laughs> <know>. own show. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a
0: worst case scenario right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want. No. Yeah.
0: Well, so uh, we're we're gathered here today to talk about a rather serious topic. So we're starting light. We got an email into the show that I think is going to kick things off. And I'd really like to get the audience's input. So before we go any further, I want to tell you about our contact page because I'm not going to mention it going for any any after this. So this is it. Coder.show slash contact. Uh, We'd love to get your thoughts on what we're about to talk about. But Scott writes into the show today with an email about chicken farms and app stores. And um, he's making a comparison between an old business and a new business. He says, in a previous life, I worked at a company that made software that was sold to large companies. One of our clients was a large chicken producer whose name you would recognize. They used to hatch eggs and then sell the baby chicks to farmers who would raise them and then bring them back after a few weeks, after which they would be finished by the company. The company would set the price on each, and the farmers would guarantee a certain number of chickens. The reason they did this was the period of time was the most uncertain for the chicks, this period of time where the farmers had them. And this was the most often when losses would occur. By outsourcing, they could have certainty in their supply. Some of the farmers would get wiped out from time to time, but they let that be someone else's problem. This was a while ago. My memory may be failing me, but it reminded me a lot of app stores and doing the same kind of thing. I think these big companies have learned that it takes a lot of time and money to develop apps, and nobody really knows if it's going to take off or not. So rather than paying to develop something that may never pan out... They simply take 30 or 40% of the winners and let the small shops, et cetera, take all of the risk and lose all of the money. Cheers.
1: Correct. And if you read any business books, what that's called is commoditizing your compliments.
0: Your compliments, it's, huh?
1: Yeah. So basically, not compliments in the terms that you're thinking, compliments and like things that make your platform or your product better. You take, you capture the value from them and sure. you make other, you externalize all the risk. Exactly what the writer is saying. So, yeah, that
0: is why I've been pissed off
1: for a long time. Yes. You you got it. Like, yep,
0: Yeah. yeah. And you actually, even just recently on June 24th uh, on the at Dumanoko Twitter feed, uh, you tweeted out a story about how tech companies are conquering America's cities. Now, that's that's really kind of attention grabbing headline. But I just watched a beam documentary. Yeah, they're still making documentaries uh, about uh, Mountain View, California about the fact that um, pretty much anybody who's in the service industry for the tech companies in the California area is becoming fully employed homeless. They have jobs. They are employed. They are janitors. They are security. They're groundskeepers. And they simply cannot afford to live in the California area, but that's where the job is. Like Google needs a lot of security people. Google needs a lot of janitors. And they work with these third-party companies to hire these janitors, and some of these janitors fail, and some of them make it. And this Beam documentary, which I'll put a link to in the show notes, uh, did a great job, I thought, of really showing how there's no way they can win. And they are forced to live out of their vehicles. Now, that's the California area. This is happening all over the country, though, and there's a pretty controversial thing happening right now in the Seattle area between Seattle and Amazon.
1: Homelessness in Seattle is a big problem, but Amazon cried uncle when they were asked to foot the bill. Weeks after the city passed what is called a head tax, the city council now saying, never mind, after Amazon threatened to leave the city. The bill would have forced businesses that pull in over $20 million to pay $275 per employee. For Amazon, the city's largest employer, that would have been more than $12 million a year. But smaller businesses with tighter margins would have felt it even more. You're now Bill
0: Bennett, host of the Bill Bennett podcast and a Fox news a podcast contributor. now. You know, you, be, you just have to be a podcaster to get on Fox News now. Uh, so that that battle has been going back and forth here in Seattle. I just put a link making rent in Silicon Valley is the title of the beam news episode. Uh, and it's it's pretty hard to watch, to be honest with you, because you have people that are living in their cars and in their RVs uh, without power. So that way they can go to work. And you have to start to ask, what responsibility do the individual developers in these companies have? Uh, we've also heard stories about Microsoft employees getting upset about Microsoft's contract with ICE, with recent immigration issues. We've heard stories about Google employees that were leaving because of the contracts that Google had to give AI Uh, facial recognition and object recognition to the Pentagon for their drone program. And so you had people at Google who were quitting and Google had to release this AI paper about how they're going to properly use artificial intelligence and they did not renew their contract. It has been this meta topic brewing for weeks now. And underneath all of it is, well, what are you going to do about it? You, the employee, the person that's going to work and writing the code, for the, for the software that's helping organize detention centers or helping recognize terrorists to be shot down by drones or just displacing people out of their homes? What are you going to do about it? And that's really been the part that nobody's really touched on yet. And I'm curious to think, if you think, Mike, if I'm being too hard on the individual developers that are working for these, these individual cogs that are part of these larger machines. I, I
1: do think you're being a little too hard. So, in the case, no one, okay, no one in the private sector, at least, is compelled to stay at their job, right? Unless you're enlisted in the military, you are not compelled to stay. Yeah,
0: financial obligations, home. Yeah, but you
1: know, no, 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 no. That's not compulsion. You could quit. You might lose your house. You might go on welfare. You might have a lot of bad things happen to you, but you absolutely can walk out. No one's going to stop you. No one's gonna pull a gun on you. You don't want to give up your, you know. I have, I got. am gonna take a harder position than I wanted to, but because it's actually what I believe. Whining that you make six figures in Silicon Valley and that you have a moral obligation to what your company does is insane and tone deaf. When the guy who makes your coffee, uh, or the girl who cleans up the office, vice versa, it doesn't matter, right? Gender neutral. Can't afford a place to live. You're in a position of of uh, privilege and power, and you are you have some moral objection. Now, if you do, I respect that. I, I may not agree with you. In one of the cases, I do agree with you, and the other, I don't. I'm sure you know which which is which. But you you are not there under duress. You are you are not an enlisted member of the military. Walk out. You can simply walk out. You lose your money. You you lose your job. You lose your health care. You lose a lot of stuff. But you're not there under dress. And there are many people who would gladly take your job. Now, if you said, okay, my issue is I want to help these people, and I want to agitate within Google, within Microsoft, within any of these companies to you know, so 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 the thing I th- I feel that that article you quoted, Miss Chris, is the re like Microsoft very famously. I'm going to use them as an example. They had secretaries and janitors become millionaires. Do, do you know why? When they stock, first IPO'd, stock. Ah, but go even higher than that. Abstract it away because they the janitor at Microsoft, the first janitor that Bill Gates or whoever hired, was a Microsoft employee. Mm-hmm. He may have just been a janitor. I was a janitor when I was 15. But you know what? His employee badge was Microsoft. Right. Not, I'm going to make up a company, not clean your right.
0: office. Right, not like oh. the chicken farmers. See, that's what we have now is we have so, chicken farmers so, everywhere.
1: So the problem is externalization, right? It's it's, it's the thing about commoditizing your compliment skin. The problem is these service workers are not Google employees. Let me give you a fabulous example. Um uh, and in fact I don't know if this is true or not, so I, I would I I hope that some of my old friends up north will confirm or, or deny this later and will correct it next week. Um I, I spent a lot of time at Google Chelsea in New York. And they have uh I Chris, have you ever been there to the
0: Google campus no, in Chelsea, not, New York? No, no, not in New York, no. I have been in Seattle fabulous. and California, but not in New York.
1: Fabulous place, and I'm using, of course, the way I use fabulous, the original meaning of fabulous, not yeah.
0: you know. Well it probably is also I mean, very fabulous, I would imagine.
1: Well I mean, I also like musical theater, so I'm not I'm not the best. I'm
0: right not here. complaining because you know what Google's fairly fabulous all around. They're they're a fabulous company. No, I
1: mean, I mean, I had you know what I had honestly, I had a a, a truly phenomenal meal. Yeah, lovely cup of Ethiopian fair trade. Jesus Christ would approve of this coffee. I mean, the, the young lady serving it to me spent more time explaining to me what I was drinking than what I had pouring
0: it. That's funny.
1: I sincerely hope that she was a Google employee and I believe that they are at Google. I believe at least in New York there are employees. I wouldn't be so sure of that. You think you think that's wrong? Yeah. I mean, I So that th- there's a big difference, right? Even if you're only making, let's say New York City, I think the minimum wage is like 9.50 an hour. So even if she was only making 9.50 an hour, being a Google employee gives her a certain cachet in the market. Right. Right and all google employees are i believe now i could be wrong i haven't you know i don't have intimate knowledge um do have some stock option rights or or privileges i think it's technically a privilege not a right but it's irrelevant. that is how that is how you get the bill gates's original secretary became a millionaire and he could barely afford to pay her when he hired her right mhm this this idea that you're going to outsource every single function of your company is is not good especially for these like you know things like assistants things like uh secretaries when i say secretary i of course mean admin assistant but to me that's different than a regular assistant Um, folks who are managing the kitchen office managers coffee baristas whatever those are stepping stone jobs that need to
0: exist I so agree and it's it is a um it is a hollowing out of, of the corporation that has happened across the entire industry. And any of our listeners that work in a large business have watched this happen where the janitorial staff is a different company. The IT staff is a different company. The designers for your main product are a different company. And it's all outsourced. And it's getting worse and worse. So you have that problem, which leads to these part-time jobs that don't have benefits. But then there's, there, and the New York Times article that I've linked in the show notes uh, draws a good point to this. There's the issue that nobody cares. Nobody cares because the only thing people care about right now are national issues and large world issues, no. Trump and things it's like that. True. They don't they don't care about what's happening in your local precinct. I don't even I don't I don't I don't even know like who the who the mayor of the town I'm in is anymore. I don't I don't even follow that anymore. I don't know who my mayor is. Same. You really don't know that. No, I used to, but that was years ago. I, I I've I've been so, so distracted local by local issues.
1: So so you know I I made a comment uh, for the beer of the week for the two episodes we recorded today. Sorry to break the fourth wall there. <gasps> there it's high alive from uh, cigar city. Why? I am very intentionally when I buy things, spending as much money in my local economy sure. as much as possible. Yeah, I follow Why? that. Right. Well, no, no, but it's not just. But, but think about it. It, it. It's a virtuous circle of. I spend money. Maybe the brewery can hire another kid at a high school to do some work. Maybe that kid doesn't break into my house. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I got to be honest with you. Like, it, it seems insane to me that you wouldn't care about local issues.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it is. And I don't think I'm speaking just for myself. I think it is a big part. People are just completely unaware of, of the situation. They're just so hyper focused on the big distracting conversation that's being led by social media and the news.
1: Well, I mean, there's a whole conversation about how people have become addicted to Facebook. I mean, that's, I mean, so I'm going to, can I twist your question? Mm Because I I realize I did dodge your question, but if the guys were running software for drones ought to feel culpability, I would argue that Facebook has affected far more people and has made them hopelessly addicted to it, should they not feel culpability. Should they not feel the weight of what they've done to society?
0: Mm, can't you make that same argument for any like successful video game or uh, fast food well, restaurant?
1: Or- I could, but if if you if you do some research, you can see that teenagers—the suicide rate has gone up because they're comparing themselves to each other on Facebook, and they're getting false impressions of each other. We talked about this a uh, number of weeks ago, right? Yeah. Um, fa- Facebook alone has had a huge impact on society. And, yeah, and I would argue a mostly negative impact.
0: Seems so. Which is
1: weird because they were trying to recruit me for a job a couple it, months ago, which it, I declined. It but.
0: does seem like it's been a negative uh, in in total.
1: Like, like I would argue that your your Lockheed's, your Northrop's are have much less blood on their hands right now than whoa, I whoa. I would go that far. Really? Yeah, I, I think Facebook is actually like morally like not only is it wrong; it's a product that ought not to exist.
0: So I bring you back to my original question. Should those developers, those individual cogs, feel bad? Should they quit?
1: Yeah, you should resign. But you should also accept the pain that comes with doing that.
0: I just... I mean, that's just the thing that never happens.
1: And, and let, me, let me tell you why. The difference is... Let's take let's take good old my, my good friend Ed Snowden's uh, former employer, Booz Allen. You're generally in a military situation. Facebook is do the research i I chat, I know a lot of people who listen to the show, some do work on Facebook are not going to like this. Do the research on the teen suicide rate and then and try to tell me that that's not worse than anything any of these military folks are doing. Hmm. the addiction rate, yeah, of people on Facebook,
0: but that's a heavy that's a boy because it's like sort of arguing you're sort of you're sort of arguing against a free market where new products can be Oh, created. I, I,
1: I mean, let me make it easier for you. Heroin's illegal for a reason. Facebook is more addictive. It should be illegal.
0: Yeah, I have a hard time making it. I also would argue heroin should be legal. So, <laughs> well, but then what do you do with the
1: people who are hopelessly addicted? We I already mean, have get into a soci-
0: We already have that problem. that's already a thing. Oh no.
1: But this is my point. We have more people who are addicted to Facebook than we do to heroin. Yeah. <clears throat> They're functioning addicts. Many of them are functioning addicts. So, I mean, you, you could argue that, like, there are lots of functioning alcoholics walking around. Right? Mm-hmm. but And maybe that's okay. But I, I do worry about young people in particular.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely not looking forward to my kids getting into social media.
1: I mean, you have a daughter. You have two sons, right? I have a son.
0: I think I would both, unless they unless they had no other prospects and like say they had multiple say it's just fantasy world they had a couple of job offers and one of them was Facebook. I feel like I would discourage him from taking the Facebook job. I would
1: actively discourage my son. Yeah, I I would say go be go work at McDonald's. Wow.
0: Sorry recruiter who keeps emailing me. I mean so uh, th- how do you go from so this is all this is all if you know what it is it's easy for us to say we're not the ones that have the uh, the rent due and the medical bill you know yeah no it's easy for us to say I yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, don't know.
1: Easy, I mean everybody has to make their own compromises and it's fine I don't begrudge anyone anyone who listens to the show if you work for Facebook it's not personal it's in fact if I would argue that if you, if you take offense to what I say don't just tune out Think about it. What can you do as someone on the ground there if you don't want to quit your job to say, you know what? There are things we are doing that are having negative externalities, and these externalities are are bad, right? <laughs> They're yeah. super bad. What can I do? And, and you know, be a pain in the ass in the meeting. Don't just browse your own Facebook feed or Twitter or whatever during the meeting. Say no. What is the end? Like challenge. Say. What are we doing? Take it. Dig- right? Raise an objection when someone tells you right. that they're gonna take it th- do this to quote unquote increase engagement. Because increasing engagement is actually uh a way of it's addiction, right? These companies em- employ psychologists for a reason is to addict people.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow, this took a dark turn.
0: Yeah, it did. All right, well, let's take a moment. Let's catch our breath. Let's thank DigitalOcean, do.co slash coder. Just coder, do.co slash coder. Go there and get a $100 credit for DigitalOcean for 60 days when you sign up with a new account. They have optimized compute types, so you can choose from a standard droplet or maybe a CPU-optimized droplet or customize with the flexibility of the mix-and-match droplets to do whatever kind of workload you might need. They have the best pricing in the business, and they also have the best features. They have enterprise-grade SSDs, 40-gigabit connections coming to the hypervisors, the best dashboard in the biz to do it all as well as an API for days. Oh, there's so many things I could tell you about DigitalOcean, but today I want to tell you about that documentation. Nothing like DigitalOcean's community. We mentioned meetups last time. Well, this time I'm telling you about the tutorials. It's totally worth checking out. You go to digitalocean.com community, but start by going to do.co slash coder. So that way you support the show. And you get that $100 credit. They have a bunch of new documentation on Kubernetes right now if you're trying to wrap your head around how to set that up appropriately. Also some great documentation documentation for Ubuntu 18.04 as it came out. And of course, of course, because DigitalOcean knows what's up, they have some great tutorials on setting up GitLab, continuous deployment with GitLab Runner, and all of that running on top of the DigitalOcean infrastructure. Also, if you're not familiar with DigitalOcean Spaces, they're S3 compatible storage. They have a tutorial on how to use FileZilla with that. It's it's so handy. I use that a ton to send large files around when I was on the road. There's so many different ways you can get started with DigitalOcean. So just Pick something and go with do.co slash coder and then start working with it. See what you can do and get just familiar with the service. You'll be really impressed. do.co slash coder. One more thing on uh, tech companies taking over the cities of America. This is uh, one part great, one part awful. Domino's has announced that they're going to pave America's potholes. And as part of the program, they are going to have customers, I can't even believe this, mark issues in the road and then Domino's will go out and fix the pothole and then they're going to stamp it with a Domino's logo. So the potholes that have been fixed will be branded. And the whole thing is, is uh, we're using an app to mark where the potholes are and then we're going out there and paving it so that way we can deliver the pizza even faster
1: okay so wasn't there a movie from the late 80s early 90s about this where like a bunch of private companies take over basic government functions this is
0: what's this is what's happening now right
1: like i feel like i'm living the nightmare of 1989,
0: right now. Is this what like, happens? Is maybe they solve the housing issue? Maybe they start. Maybe they start building. Just right, like
1: Domino's, just build a bunch of apartments,
0: or Google, right? or or Amazon. Sure,
1: right. Oh, oh, Google might fix the internet problem with net neutrality by simply laying a bunch of their own freaking fiber. Yeah, right. Like
0: you could have Google housing where everybody has a Google assistant in every pod, and uh, it's all tied in. You get a Google account, and uh, you know it's uh, three hundred dollars a month instead of uh, thirteen hundred dollars a month. Which is what it would normally be. Okay, but isn't this frightening? Super, super frightening. We're getting
1: a little unfiltered here. It's like, like the
0: basic functionality of the country is being, is being supplemented by corporations, which are now as powerful and as rich as nations. Right. Yeah, that, that's almost exactly what's happening. Yeah, uh, uh, I saw, I saw a projection today that Microsoft in about three years will be worth a trillion dollars. And Apple is quickly on their way to being worth sooner than three years, a trillion dollars. And then you take – so if you take just the Seattle area, we have Amazon, we have Microsoft, we have Nintendo USA, and we have T-Mobile USA that, and Boeing. That isn't quite a technology company. But all in that area, thats that's got to be over a trillion dollars worth of value. And then the Silicon Valley area, you've got Apple, you've got Google, you've got HP. You've got all these companies in that area that are also worth billions of dollars. They're they're worth trillions together. They are a larger influence over people's daily lives. Look at your friends at Facebook, your buddy Mark Zuckerberg. He's influencing billions of people with his feed. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really a big topic. It's it's really something, it's isn't...
1: it's huge because you know it, I do not believe that the individual developer, IT worker at these companies is meaning to hurt people, right? I I just don't believe that, but the aggregate effect is super evil. And to be clear, my issue, like I went after Facebook, I am not whining about the election because. Yeah, I voted for Johnson, right? Like so I'm not that upset, but it, I'm upset with the the other like to me the big story of Facebook that is not being and I'm going to leave them alone in a minute. It's not the 2016 election. It's the effect they're having on teenagers and young children. Like you know what? I would let Putin buy as many fucking ads as he wants. <laughs> No, and the CIA can also buy as many ads as they want. And I'm sure they do, right? Mm-hmm. Through a number of front companies. Sure, they
0: probably do, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. So, so let's just all, if you want a free market, like, this is my problem. You can't have semi-free markets. If you want a free market, it's the Wild West and everybody gets a gun. Everybody can buy ads. Everybody can do everything. Mm. And may the best man win. If you don't want a free market, well, then you have to pick winners and losers. And I got to be honest, Facebook ought to be a loser. Now, Domino's Pizza, I think, is doing something clever, which involves stock pricing. Their multiples look much better if they're considered a technology company, which if you ever watch CNBC, they're desperately trying to pitch themselves as a technology company. Guess what? They make shitty pizza. They're not a technology company. Mm. And the fact that they're willing to pay for some potholes is not a, a... Laurel for them. It doesn't cost that much to pave a pothole. Your your local municipality Is too corrupt or too stupid to get the job done. Yeah, right. That don't. the The answer is don't buy more Domino's pizza. It's go recall your mayor, right? Like who is that your guy? Should
0: have. I don't remember who that guy is anymore.
1: Who gives a shit? Go and you know whoever's in office, vote him out. I don't care. And I'm I'm a registered. Uh, well, I'm an independent in Florida, but I get was a registered Republican. If it's a Democrat, vote Republican. If it's a Republican, vote Democrat. Just get the guy who's in there out. Get the hell Don't out Don't let of some here. pizza company or some frickin' website fix your potholes.
0: Are you out of your mind? Preach it, brother. I completely agree. I know. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs. In fact, I got another example for you. Then we can get off this topic. But I got one more. Uh, I,
1: I doubt it. I doubt that I can, but keep going.
0: All right. Well, okay. All right. Well, then breather time. <clears throat> that means it's breather time. We're going to just do it right now. Breather linuxacademy.com slash coders. That's the one that's got the S, linuxacademy.com slash coders. It's going to be a huge month for Linux Academy next month, so this is a great time to sign up. 150 new hands-on types of contents, learning challenges, and there's going to be a live show all powered by Linux to give it all away. Oh, my God, I can't wait to see how that all goes. It's all launching in July, but you can get started now. they got courseware on AWS, Google's cloud platform, containers in general, of course, Azure, and... Security is expanding rapidly at Linux Academy. It's a big topic there now. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. Go there, sign up for a free seven-day trial and support the show. They've got hands-on labs. They'll deploy software in real environments. And then you take scenario-based labs that runs on them. If you ever have any questions, they have full-time instructors that are ready to help. And they can spin them up as part of the courseware. And, you know, the thing is, too, is like, that would that back in the day would have saved me some money because when I was learning AWS stuff, I definitely ran the clock up. And they're just launching so, so, so much more. They're doing live streams to cover some of it. And to go check their YouTube channel, you may see some of the stuff that they've done recently if it's after the fact. And they have posts up on their blog covering some of the new additions and content that are coming. It's a big push. I, while I was there, the whole company was working to get to this. So I know that they're really, really fired up about it because they're really proud of what's in, the, what's in the pipeline. And you can get started by going to linuxacademy.com slash coders. They have a Lambda deep dive as one of the new coursewares. Shh, don't tell anybody. But I, I, that was one of the things I overheard. It's a Lambda deep dive. Also some AWS security specialty certifications and some Red Hat uh expertise in Ansible, and full certified architect, full support for Red Hat as well. Our new courseware is going to be coming. linuxacademy.com slash coders. Go there, learn more, and sign up for a free seven-day trial and try out the Linux Academy platform. That's linuxacademy.com slash coders. Mmm, man, they ordered uh, ordered some, uh, it's called Babe's Fried Chicken. Oh, man, some of the best fried chicken I had in my life. Well, it's a microaggression, there. Chris. I'm sorry. I apologize. So the one last story I'll just kind of mention that kind of brings us all together is I noticed this happening in Austin. Apparently it was happening during WWDC in California. There's these scooter companies that um, are just dropping off scooters. They get activated via an app and then you just put around the whole town and then you just get off and leave it like a toddler. You just leave it somewhere like a jerk. And then the company contracts out to to these chicken farmers who come around and pick up the devices overnight and charge them at home and then go set them back up in the morning. And this is just some weird cycle that's started to just deploy throughout the country. And there's no laws on the books for this. And it's, it's in fact, it's sort of the Uber model where they're rushing to just get out there and invade all of the cities as possible. So that way the local cities have to respond and sort of retroactively create laws, which are generally much, much more favorable for these scooter companies. And this is a strategy that Uber has really outlined that now anybody that say, wants to do this yeah. is really doing it. Food trucks are doing this. It's like it's sort of like the model now. And it's it's really the tone is being set by so, business.
1: So the model is operate effectively as a criminal enterprise, and once the sheriff shows up, or if depending on where you are, the uh, police commissioner, you then negotiate with him is is, is that is that what we're saying
0: yeah so you have fabulous i love it birds i think bird is the uh is one of the more larger scooter companies uh they started in santa monica and they got all they started back in last september and just started getting all over the places they could and now there's just basically laws being written to accommodate them and you know, kind of you know think about this though too it depends on your perspective if you like the scooter idea and you and you like sort of this uh Act first and get forgiveness later kind of mentality. You really see nothing wrong with this. Um, but there was kind of a time where like public transportation was like a core functionality of what our taxes paid for. And now that's kind of been gone. And instead you have these these fly-by-night startups that that sort of burst onto the scene. They acquire a whole bunch of talent. They stock up and then they just try to make it work and they and they they are uh, they're contracting out key parts of the business so you've kind of have like this top heavy organization where you've got developers and and admin and then all of the people doing the work like actually collecting the scooters or driving people around in the case of Uber they're all contractors they're all chicken farmers
1: so What does this mean for the individual developer today? Because in parallel to all of this, you know, we're seeing, Chris, people in our industry are becoming more self-employed as you and I are, right? Either they own their own business and have employees or they're individual contractors. How do these two things mesh together in your mind for the individual, let's say, 24-year-old, you know, C-sharp dev or Java dev or whatever?
0: I don't know. I don't really see how this works out to make you know, a good, comfortable living where you can afford a decent car and get yourself a nice house and maybe crap out a couple of kids. I don't. I don't see how it leads to this. You know, like it's going to have to be a shift in what is normal. It's going to have to be some. I mean, the, the gig. It's going to be like the normalization of the gig economy, and you're going to have some folks like software developers uh, and system administrators and 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 the admin level. They will have pretty good jobs, pretty reliable jobs with uh, health insurance and all that. And then you're going to have the chicken farmer economy where everybody else ends up having to farm chickens because that's what's left. And the businesses are not doing that as their core function anymore. Driving the actual car isn't the core functionality of Uber. What is the actual core functionality of Uber is connecting, connecting. people. and
1: Yeah to a vehicle. Right. So what this reminds me of is something I was bitching about in 2012 when we started the show about how Apple was abusing iOS app developers, right? And they were basically making them serve at their pleasure, where even if you were an independent company, you effectively worked for Apple. Apple took a, a heavy tax, 30% plus a $100 fee a year, or at the time I think it was 200. No, I think it was just 100. And you could only do what they permitted you to do. How is that not just the extension of basically the app store model? Yeah. Because right? because what I see is all other trades or all other businesses or professions are now being appified, if I can coin that crappy term.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at the potholes, right? They're going to be a Domino's app where you mark a pothole with an app. Well, because
1: th- 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 this feels like – I mean, I mean we can uh, – and in, in if you're a new listener, I would challenge you to go back to the back catalog, uh, audio quality on my end, uh, forgiven. This is exactly what I was railing against. But I was railing against it for – I was trying to build productivity iOS and iPad applications. Yeah, And just like Apple put up so many barriers and basically if you were not – remember um, uh, Coding Horror – Oh, Chris, what's his name? Jeff uh one of the Stack Overflow guys. I can't remember, but the website is codinghorror.com. Around that same time, wrote on wrote a, wrote a piece called uh, "Serving at the Pleasure of the King" regarding his own views on the Apple situation. And it is uh he he used that and he actually had a picture of Louis XIV. It is a very feudalistic system. In my eyes, and maybe I'm being overly simplistic, we have replicated this awful system that was afflicting independent software developers and and i get it it's it's really hard to be sympathetic to independent software developers cuz you know even back then you know i was making decent money right like maybe i lost money one year or whatever but you, you know software developers are not the most sympathetic group yeah but taxi drivers which is effectively what uber is there are apps for like cleaning your house now that i you know i've even looked into it the prices i would be paying i can't believe anybody's living anywhere near that
0: oh there is huh i should look at that
1: <laughs> you, you should look at it
0: uh, rover is another know, one wait. for dog walking and dog sitting. oh i didn't even know about this yeah, yeah. i should look into that too and we just but, tried yeah. out on our trip we just tried out turo which is uh it's like airbnb for cars so instead of them instead of them driving you you get their car and of course, the ones that are the most competitive are like the Teslas and the Mercedes and uh, really tricked out Jeeps and stuff. So while we were while we were at Linux Academy, for $60 a day, we got a nice Mercedes with great air conditioning, great drive, smooth, that we could just drive around. And was just a spur of the moment, we're like, you know, it would be really nice to have a car. It's like on the second day of being there, like, let's order a car for three days via an app. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: So so, in, in, I, I guess I would ask you and ask the audience, in your mind, I mean, am I insane? Like, to me, what I see in the world is basically my worst nightmare from 2012 realized in a much grander scale than I ever could have imagined.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it seems
1: like it. Yeah. Because right. like, mm-hmm. it feels like to me, not only did it happen to software developers, it happened to everybody else. too. Yeah,
0: it was part of a larger e- economic shift. Like we were looking at it, we were looking at it under a microscope in our particular area. But what was, but we, if we, you know, when you zoom out, it's it was it's a shift happening in a lot of industries, and it's all being sort of enabled by technology, better connectivity, smartphones in our pockets, the internet, which allows a, a great amount of outsourcing and remote work, like we've recently talked about. It's um, all of it coming together. <laughs> into this and really uh it's those dark matter developers that are the best position to weather it those ones that we talk about all the time they're the best right, position weather the storm yeah right it you know contractors like me
1: are in a lot of danger actually because yeah. you know we have to go where the wind blows but i i i do wonder um and we can we can get off this shortly but you know i i think of things in terms of systems and and architectures right If you have a large number of people who are working these gig type jobs with no benefits and uh, very low wages, you know, it's one thing to pay someone, you know, 20 something dollars an hour and give them no benefits. They can, they should be able to find a way. But, you know, the the guy cleaning the office is making like nine bucks an hour at Amazon or whatever, right? Like I don't, whatever minimum wage is in Seattle, that's what he's making. Aren't we going to come to a place where the the system is not able to absorb, you know, what if he slips and hurts himself? What if he has some, God forbid, medical issue?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, genetics is a bitch. What if the guy has cancer?
0: Let me introduce you to my uh, buddy, Bernie Sanders, who would like us all to have a universal income and single payer healthcare.
1: Uh, I don't think we should have universal income, <laughs> but I, I think there. I, 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 well, no, but like, here's the thing. If we're going to go down this path, there has to be something. And this is the guy who wants lower taxes saying this. Right? Mm-hmm. And I know we we're way off code radio and deeply into unfiltered.
0: Yeah, I suppose. It's like a hybrid now. It's a hybrid. Because it really all does come back to the damn developers.
1: <laughs> well, no, you know what it all comes back to? with those dirty, filthy politicians.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I guess the, the onus is on the politicians, not the developers, which was my earlier my earlier position in the show was shouldn't these people be quitting their jobs and forcing these companies to change their ways? But the reality is they're taking advantage of a marketplace. It still seems really brutal, but the onus really is on the politicians to fix the problem, not the developers.
1: Right. It, it, it's hard to ask a business not to do something that's completely legal, especially if their competitors are doing it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I can't disagree with that at all. So is it then immoral for the developers to be writing software for AI recognition or Facebook addiction or Google data collection? I mean, I, I, I
1: can't go that far because everybody's got to feed their family. But I would say if you're going to stay where you are, particularly in that big white F and blue house, maybe you should see yourself, and I'm going to use a Stargate reference, as kind of the Tok'ra, an infiltrator. Like... Slowly steer the conversations towards moral ends.
0: Hmm. See if you can at least make a difference. That's not bad.
1: And if you get caught, cyanide capsules all around. <laughs> Zuck butchers his own food. Just keep that
0: in mind. <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting thing. Is that still a thing? Is that still a thing?
1: I, I believe it's still a thing. You know, he's an, he isn't, I would love to talk to him one day and like, cause I love to beat up on Facebook because I, kind of think they're the worst company in existence mm-hmm.
0: right now. Sure, naturally.
1: But I'm sure he does not view himself as the bad guy.
0: No. no he's connecting like, families. He's he's making people... Right, uh, and, and maybe
1: he could convince us. Like Maybe there is something we're missing. It's possible. We're human. We could be wrong. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would be... I would eat your hat and my hat, and I know where your hat's been. Wow. So
0: I don't know. Don't know about that. Well, all right. So let's probably put put a let's put a put an end on this thing because we probably we probably talked this thing to death. We should probably we should probably move on. But it has been a meta topic that I think both you and I were kind of kicking around. Uh, and so in a way, we've just sort of had the pragmatist versus practical conversation. You know what I mean? Like we just sort of worked it out a little bit. Uh, but it is something that yeah. I, I've been thinking more about. Like how can I be I actually don't want to get too practical because I feel like that's actually been a mistake I've made in the past. And I it's, I think that's probably the same battle that people are having. You and I, were going to have more of a conversation about it. I don't know if you have any thoughts before we go, but does this play into pragmatist versus um, sort of like an idealist when it comes to your job?
1: Yeah, I think there's multiple levels, right? Like obviously there's the is what I'm doing completely evil, but there's also the stupid like tribalism side. Like, you know what? If you need to use a Mac or Windows 10 for a job and particularly Windows 10, it's okay i I do worry that something weird has happened within the software development community where it has mirrored our political landscape and become super tribal like the Apple podcasts dare not criticize Apple except on the on the on the access of the mac Mac pro. but even then they soften the punches right. And there's Windows podcasts that aren't that successful because it's Windows. And there's Linux podcasts that basically are all about these weird personality conflicts and blah, 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 who wrote a nasty email when he quit his thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. A shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And I know you hate the drama side of the open source thing. and I hmm. do, too. It's getting boring. You know, I, I've been around long enough that it's like, okay, so you have a family and you don't want to do this project anymore. Makes a ton of sense to me. Sounds good. Give it to somebody else. So I don't know if I perceive it more because, like, more people email me now. It be, you're actually a good barometer of this because you've been doing this whole podcast thing longer than I have. But I feel the tribalism is much more bitter and much more. I don't know, man. Mm. Like, if I have to use Windows 10 for a couple months to do a job, I'll just use Windows 10 for a couple months. Right? Like, if I have to use Mac, I'll use Mac. If I have to use, you know, I prefer to use Pop right now, but that could change, Right? It doesn't matter to me.
0: Is it more tribal, though? Is that your question?
1: Well, it feels more tribal, particularly among the Apple camp, I would say.
0: I don't know if it's more tribal, but I think access to virtue signal is more uh, plentiful. So you have more people that can virtue signal at you that you're doing something wrong or right. They have like more means, Telegram, IRC, Twitter are all like just like instant methodologies. Then you have email and Reddit and DMs and all of these other methods which are a little bit slower, um, and but still very available. And then, you know, you have a means outside of that too. So it's like there's just layers on top of layers for people depending on their preference and or to get a message in front of you. So it definitely feels like there's more ways for people to express their opinion about stuff that normally people wouldn't have expressed an opinion about in the past. But um, as to what people get tribal about, I suspect it's always been the same. It's just perhaps emotions are turned up a little bit extra right now.
1: So devil's advocate, Um, like I'm seeing a lot of tribalism on the Apple side of life. Is it because they're feeling a little weak right now, right? Just like, you know, the hardware sucked, Right. There's there's been a lot of problems on their side of this. Yeah, is that what I'm what I'm hearing? And because I'm very vocal in my criticism, people are emailing me yeah. things that are like crazy. definitely soft.
0: Like they have a soft spot right now, and you're poking the soft spot,
1: right. and I'm poking the soft spot. So they're they're getting overly defensive.
0: Yeah, you'll see that too in in like uh, with Linux users. If you know you start talking about uh, like say the MacBooks, when the MacBooks right now they're like oh it's no big challenge, but when the MacBooks get refreshed and they're competitive again. It's a soft spot. And, you know, you start talking about Final Cut and stuff like that, it's definitely a soft spot. Um, and you'll hear, you know, more vocal pushback. Yeah, I think that definitely plays a role into it is insecurity. Because a big part of it is people wrap up their identities into these choices. So, uh, you know, Linux represents a choice of freedom and it represents uh maybe more grassroots uh, approach or a, a better way of doing technology and it, 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 open source development and a community and collaboration. That's what, li- and I support those things and I believe in those things. And so when you attack Linux, you're attacking those things and you're attacking what I believe in. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a podcaster.
1: So that sounds more like religion, than technology, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, somebody said something to me weeks ago and it's really stuck. Like that. That same dogmatic attitude is is the same kind of dogmatism that can be a religious dogmatism. It can be a racist dogmatism. It can be a methodology. Like it's it's the same model and framework of thinking. It's just we're talking about technology and Linux and open source, so we don't think of it as a particular bad thing. But if we had a racist podcast where we're talking about the whites and the blacks – Uh, All of a sudden, these things would have a completely different context. But it's the same model of thinking behind it, whether it's uh, what distribution you prefer or what race you prefer. And people don't like hearing that. But if you think about it, it's the same brain mechanics behind both kinds of things. They're personally identifiable things that you wrap up in your own ego. So they're things that make up who you are, they're beliefs about who you are, you know, as a Linux advocate or as an open source developer sure. or as an Apple person or as an Apple pundit. This makes up who you are because Apple one of the most important technology companies in the world and I follow them closely and I understand them in a way nobody else does. So it's part of their identity. Or I just bought this $3,000 MacBook and I'm going to create iOS applications and Swift is the best thing that's ever been created and that's how I'm going to build my career. It's part of who they are. And when you go after it, you really touch it on some nerves, and I think the availability to, of Twitter again and telegram and all of those immediate um, mediums uh, make it um, much more pronounced. so it's like always been there, because it's the same fundamental wiring in our brains that's made us do a lot of other dumb things like burn witches. Uh, but we haven't had this instant communications platforms that's really ubiquitous, especially in our niche. So the tribalism's just louder. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, I saw a lot of it, obviously, when Microsoft uh, acquired GitHub. Although it's not actually done yet, right? It it seems, mm. you know, in that case, it seems to me the a, a reasonable objection is consolidation in the technology sector is bad because we're already so uh, consolidated. You know, we do need a good crop of B or C companies, but the reality of the way California and Silicon Valley, in particular, startups work. GitHub raising too much goddamn money to be to actually live on its own. Right? There's a weird situation where if you run a P&L on like GitHub, The Mad Botter and Thoughtbot, the order of profitability goes Thoughtbot, The Mad Botter and GitHub last. <laughs> Cuz they're not making any money. Yeah. Right? They're not like like I have this old school business uh, mentality, I guess I got from my grandfather that like you're not really in business until you turn a freaking profit Mm. or at least can pay yourself. And like who, you know, like, like all the, all the stuff I saw on on Reddit, which granted is a bias uh, place about GitHub was no one, no one had the stones to come up and say, and then I did, but I got downvoted into oblivion that this is not a functional company by any traditional metric if, if, if you believe the vc no profitability to ipo path then yes sure it's traditional thank you netscape for fucking up the whole world of how business actually works but
0: i don't know man I, that's why i think it was inevitable the purchase of and, course
1: because they weren't making any
0: money right and the reactions just don't take that into consideration no they think that like running on debt is great and you can do that forever they're not even thinking about that. You know, People are very, very bad at having any kind of insight into the business end of things unless they've been in the position of running a business. I say that as somebody who has now, who went from not knowing anything about business to running a business for a while. You're like You just don't know what you don't know until you go do it. And then you're like, oh shit, if I would have known how much I had to learn, I would have never started. And so people just don't have a deep understanding into running a business. And so they see a service, they see it's popular, they think to themselves, well, it must be making money or it must at least have a path to revenue. So let's just go create our account. Let's go upload gigabytes of data and call it good. And, oh, look, they have a monetization plan. I can pay them pittance for this. And that's surely going to cover it. Um and the reality is, is in the background, they were always going to either end up getting sold or having to go for another round of funding, which would just bring in more interests and more opinions on how a company should be run, which that wouldn't have been great either. This was always coming. So the reaction should be tempered with that understanding. But I don't – I just don't think you can expect that from the general public. It's, a, it's just sort of – why, why okay, really you should just avoid comments. It,
1: but can I expect it from the professional financers and from – the CEOs of these companies. You should be able to, yeah. Like, I got to be honest. I know everybody loves Netscape. Netscape should never have gone public because it didn't turn a profit. Like, I think when we're all dead and we're like the Roman Empire and some other civilizations writing our history, the IPO of Netscape, being able to IPO running a loss, is going to be a pivotal point in our economic failure. You're not a real business until you turn a profit. (laughs) You're just not. Yes, businesses have losses, and I'm not talking about accounting losses that one might use to, you know, the IRS counts a lot of things as losses that aren't cash losses, right? I get it. I'm saying, do the business make more money than it lost on a simple mercantilist cash basis, not on a tax code basis? And it's very clear to me that many of these startups that we've seen acquired, WhatsApp and, uh, you know, we can go down a list of people.
0: Instagram, them. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Instagram simply didn't make any money. That Even worries yeah. me.
0: Even YouTube, right? I mean, look, YouTube was bought out
1: YouTube by... YouTube lost money the whole... YouTube was bleeding money, right? Google was actually an angel of mercy for YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that YouTube sold for a lot less than WhatsApp tells you that, like, things have gone... Like, you know, Chris, you and I were predicting a bubble a few years ago. It never happened. It never burst. But there's still something fundamentally wrong with the economics here because these companies buying these other smaller companies are not realizing economic value.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I suppose these uh, trillion, trillion value companies, Microsoft and Apple, are, are not helping the average there. They can afford to do, spend crazy amounts of money. Although they got a great deal on that GitHub purchase because they just bought, they bought, it was $7.56 billion in stock stock not cash
1: yeah I, I don't understand how like anybody like i would be selling that microsoft stock so fast they got a
0: great saying. deal yeah they got a really good deal um and maybe that's well, GitHub,
1: worth- github's business model didn't work like they simply needed to charge more money but atlassian undercut them with bitbucket yeah and gitlab is a thing that exists right we had their ceo yep. on it and it's cheaper and you yep. can self-host it for
0: free that, but so honestly there was a hard big- ceiling there on what they could charge Right, but the biggest
1: threat to them was not GitLab because people don't want to self-host. It was Bitbucket because freaking Atlassian was like, yeah, so we'll just bleed forever. Yeah. Because we have HipChat and we have Jira and our whole goal is to push you into our whole Atlassian suite. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure, unlimited repost, 20 bucks a month, done. Remember when GitHub used to charge you per repo yeah i remember that it was real expensive
0: when, when there's industries where there is no competitor to the service uh like a couple of the production services that we have there they can be a thousand dollars a year they can be um, a couple hundred dollars a month i mean they can just charge outrageous prices because there's simply zero competition github did not have that luxury
1: so i i think xmn so uh Xerox Mike.
0: I forgot what N is. Sam, I'm so messed up. Ninja. Always go with Ninja. Always
1: yeah, I'll go, go with Ninja. With but always. No, that's Ninja. not right. Uh makes a good point that the business model is not what I'm thinking. It's simply to be to set to set up a company to be bought by other companies. It reminds me of the Silicon Valley scene where uh action Jack Barker's talking to uh Richard Hendricks and said, I will never compromise the product of the company. And Richard says You mean the algorithm? No. You mean me? No, I mean the stock, you idiot. Yeah.
0: (laughs) uh, Also a ding for that one. But it's all fake.
1: Like, this is not a real economy. It's just not. And if it is, then let me go get a couple million dollars to build Alice up. There you go. There you go. Like, I did have VC offerings, but they were too draconian. Yeah. Because God forbid the CEO actually draw a salary. Um. It, it, yeah, just like
0: yeah, I'm watching the same thing happen to the podcast industry in a big way, super fast.
1: At, yeah, I'm super worried about a, it at a supercharged pace. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, like a bunch of big tech companies are like outsourcing podcasts mm-hmm. and just putting their logos on them.
0: Microsoft has launched, um, yep, a couple, that's, that's and exactly
1: yeah. who I was thinking. Of. Yep,
0: yep, yep. It's just right there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting times. It's interesting times. Same with Red Hat. Red Hat's done the same thing. So on both ends, I got okay. I got uh, commercial companies uh, that are nipping at the heels. Now their podcasts well, aren't that great yet, but you know they'll get there Mm-hmm. eventually. If uh, if two hundred so, of them launch a podcast, thirty of them will probably be good.
1: Right. So where does this leave us? But a little sad, which is my old line.
0: Well, I actually, uh, you see, I am a believer in when, when the industry closes a door, it opens a window. I do think that is true. I think there's other opportunities that just changes the way you think. It involves a lot of shifting, things like that. Maybe it's time to become a dark matter developer again.
1: Or maybe like LinuxActionShow.xxx.
0: Oh, there you go. That would definitely. The
1: real be- Linux Action Show. Yeah. yeah. baby.
0: Yeah, live live streamed, powered by Linux. <laughs>
1: Hey, I just want to say, we could have a real good animation for Pop OS. I just want to throw that out oh, there. Oh, no. Oh, no. Get it out of here. That's
0: what I say to that. Well, Mr. Dominic is I, a- I got one more Plasma
1: right. Desktop. <laughs> it's Seriously, it's made in for the porn. Freedom <laughs> dimension. Oh, it's, oh, oh, no. It's all free, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Well, tell people where they can get uh, more Dominic in their life uh, until next time. Uh, at
1: Dimunuko on Twitter, and you can hear more of my socialist rants.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's how I describe it. All right, well, you can follow me on the Twitter. I'm at Chris LES. The whole darn network is at Jupiter Signal. Links and stuff like that, you know, subscribe links and whatnots. Coder.show. You get all of that at Coder.show. We do this show typically live on Mondays. You can get our live times at slash calendar. And we have full time contracted robots, chicken farmers, if you will, that will convert that to your local time. Thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of the Coder Radio program. See you right back here next week.